Start recording. It's beautiful. And oh my God, you know what time it is. It's the Talking Normies Podcast, Season 2, Episode 28. Sure, just twerking. Today we're talking about scam. Oh yeah, so uh, Las Bina. Las Bina. Hello. My, my, Hello. Oh. oh, yep. See, there you go. I had there to I'd do the mute for the intro part. So, uh, <clears throat> guys, if you don't know, we're going to be talking about scam. We're going to do a little bit of introduction of the peoples here. What's scam? And then I'm going to talk about what scam is for those of y'all that don't can know. And I'll be giving you some updates about uh, where the normies are at with scam. With that being said, we will start across from me in her fabulous Cookie Monster Blue. I'm a big fan. We have Marquetta. Hi. Woo, oh my god <laughs> and over here in the nice argyle dark blue we have the man himself sudachacha hello and over here to my left we have a new individual who is not marketo or hannah this is sarah hi <laughs> so um you guys are probably curious sarah is a friend of the channel she has been at both normicons if you guys were at normicon you've probably seen her and she's been kicking around here and she has watched scam and she's interested in it who are, i love who are, it who are you Oh, me? Oh, yeah. I'm a, you guys know who I am. <laughs> it's the one and the only, the magnificent Christopher Johnson. And I'm going to be rocking the mic with you all night. So just stay tuned on the quiet storm. <laughs> I hated oh, that. It's so smooth. <laughs> I needed a thunder sound right there. Can we, can we just do a channel called Chocolate Thunder? And it's just me talking dirty for like six hours on end. No. Oh, no? dear God. Girl, I'm going to boil your toes and make a stew. Ew, why a stew? People would like boiling of toes on this channel. So. Yeah. Oh, uh, all right. Let's see. Everybody can be seen. Look at that. Ah. Do we have the chat available somewhere? Yeah. Or are you looking? Okay, cool. I'm looking at it right I got now. I my notes on my phone. I won't be able to look at Shut. the chat. I'm keeping an eye on the chat. So while you guys are commiserating and talking, I will be telling y'all what's going on. Now that I think everybody's up to up, let me tell you about Scam. Mm-mm. So it says that it's a TV series. It ain't. It's a web series. Scam is a Norwegian web series. It was a TV series. It was a TV series? It was on the National Norwegian Television every Monday. Okay. Who watches TV in Norway? We Norwegians? don't. Fucking yeah. whatever. Uh, it launched in 2015. Like whole Seven million of them. <laughs> right. Just a few. Just a couple. Um, scam broke uh, viewership records. It's a teen drama. It was really good. The lady who created it, um, she went to talk to a bunch of teenagers to get their stories so she could rope that into her own stories. They had this great viral marketing campaign. When something happened in the show, it would release at that moment in time. So it would say Friday. 2121 Savage. 21. 21. Uh, which is, what time is 2121 European person? 921. Perfect. I'm bad at math. So at 921, <laughs> that shit would drop and then boom, it would drop like on the TV. So that's really dope. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the reasons we're going to be getting into why we like it and kind of encouraging everybody to watch it. Um, yeah, I'm going to answer some questions. We're going to be answering questions. We got even a, a little bit of a testimonial. Um, this is going to be an interesting episode. Of the podcast. I put podcast in quotation marks for no reason. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. It's hot anybody? balls it is. in here. <laughs> I think it's perfect. No, I, mean, I kind of want to come out of this shirt. Me and Serge are going to go tops off by the end of this. I think I'm about to go change real quick. You want to go change? Yeah, yeah. yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. All right, guys, I'll play the Serge is Gone music while Serge is gone. <laughs> can you put my... Uh, Your volume? Yeah. Is it too high? It's... Everybody's screaming into my ear right now. Okay. Cute. Thank you. Are you good? Much better. All right. Fine, fine, fine. So, you guys want to talk about scam? Yes. Let's talk about scam. Also, scam means, doesn't it mean, does it mean slut or does it mean scandal? I can't remember. Uh, In Norway. 
You are a Reggie. Shame. Shame. Ooh. Mm, shame, shame, shame. The old shame wizard. So what did you guys think about the series when it first started? When you first started watching it? What did you think? Can I say? Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I loved the uh, the aesthetics of the whole thing, the ambience. How kind of like the atmosphere is like very subtle and not much is happening. It's like a very slow boiling series, which I understand is probably not for everyone, but it is 100% for me. So I was all in and the first season was now in the hindsight, probably the weakest of the seasons, but it still got me completely hooked. So I loved it and uh, it's very relatable. Um, it's like, uh, it's a drama without that much drama. <laughs> so uh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, uh, also real quick. I just want to say to, uh, this episode is brought to you by Patreon. If you guys are wondering where the normies are at currently, you'll have to go to Patreon to find out. I'll tell you we're watching season four. So, uh, your scenes <laughs> can come out now. And I bet if you guys are interested in scam, which a handful of you are, let it be known that we are pretty far ahead. And if you want to catch up with us, just go on over to, um, our Patreon, which tier is that? The $10 premium tier. $10 premium tier. You could pay $10 for this month and you'd literally be able to catch all the way up with us and you just have to wait for the rest to come out. But Also, you can pay only $5 to get access to our uncuts. Uncuts, where you get to hear us say all the shit we don't say online. And show all. People are like, as much as the normies talk, the uncuts are just the quiet parts. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, actually. If you want to see us not talk, you should watch the uncuts. <laughs> Five bucks immediately on the table. All right. So, um, the audio, are the audio levels good? Are we good? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sounds oh, good to me. Okay. I think my headphones are good. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Which I turned Marquette down. I think I turned you way down, too. Let me see. Is this, are you being turned up now? Yeah. I okay, okay. There we go. I just couldn't hear you guys. Well. Marquette has delicate ears, so we got to turn it down. Shout out to Edmundo. He says hello. Also, guys, I'm reading the chat. So, if you guys have any questions here on the chat, pull them up. I'm going to try to read them as we get to it. Search. Also, if you want to talk to us, you can do so, right? Hop down in the Discord. Ooh. Soldier, will you please also drop a link to the Discord? Thank you. Serge, how did you feel about the series when I first started watching it? Uh, first off, Lucia, thank you for the shirt keeping me cold in this podcast room because it's baking. <laughs> so the first episode, I feel like, was not an indication of what the series was. And when we first watched it, it was a reaction request, and I was going into it being like, yeah, we're not going to continue this. Yeah. This is some like European show. I mean, I was... I was going in it with, with no knowledge, you know what I mean? I was going in it like a, like a true American. And not to be confused with the game True American. Yeah, yeah, not to be confused with the New Girl game. I was assuming it was just going to be a one-off reaction, but I was always interested in seeing where the story was going to go because it was just that one episode of Ava at a party, yeah. and then I heard about all the hype surrounding the show, so I'm like, okay, that can't be an indication of why this show's good. So that's why I wanted to watch like the next few, and then I kind of slowly started piecing together what the show was actually about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What about you, newcomer? Well, I saw someone on the chat say that they liked it because it gave them nostalgia for skins. And that was like the first yes. thing that I thought of when I watched that first episode. I was like, oh, this is Norway skins for sure. <laughs> um, so it at first I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to watch, but uh, I felt a little bit of pressure. What is Skins for the Uncultured? Oh, Skins, um, so it's British scam. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, there's a lot more, like episode one, I think there's a ton of fucking and drugs, and it has two characters from Game of Thrones in it. Yeah, it's way more... It's wild. Like crazy, but I like what Marquette just said about how there are some of those slower... Um, kind of getting to the build of the story in Scam, which you don't get in Skins. Um, I feel like when I was first watching it, it was 
it gave me a chance to breathe mm-hmm. that some of those slower shots, you feel like you're with them in the moment. Yes. And you have that space to keep moving with them. Do you remember that one scene from season one when Jonas and Eva are arguing, <sighs> but we can't hear their argument? Yeah. And it's just the going traffic. Yeah. yeah. But like at the same time, you can hear it in your mind. And then like in the end, they like make peace and hug. Mm hmm. I yeah. love that. Yeah, that that scene was beautiful. So, so good. Uh, I'm sorry, a minute. When I came, <laughs> I, I was too high at first. So I couldn't get this mic to work. I'm going to turn the heat off. Oh, yeah. Thank you. When I came into Scam, I was like, oh, and I, I had the experience with Skin. So I thought the same mm-hmm. thing, too, where Skins feels like kind of what adults think teenagers are like. Yeah. And you know what I mean? These kids, they had it rough in skin. So the reasons why they drink and drugs and fuck so mm-hmm. much like made sense. But scam kind of feels like the actual reality of it where yeah. not everybody's like that. When you watch skins, you got the impression that like, this is all these motherfuckers do. Like every other day is Molly and sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like when you watch, I think I said the wrong words, but when you watch scam, mm-hmm. it's not like that scam feels like it felt like what it was actually like to be in high school. And I think that once we started having the discussions on the channel about like our past high school experiences, that that's when I started seeing that like scam, like it feels like what it was like then it, it feels like authentic. You know what I mean? Like if, uh, you know, a hundred years from now or a hundred years from now, whenever the fuck we have kids and they're teenagers and they're like, what was it like <laughs> for you to be a teenager? I'm going to have to show them this Norwegian fucking TV show to be like, it's kind of felt like this. Watch season one. It's, it's, it's on Daily Motion. Mine is the cool stuff, like Roos. Fucking Roos. <laughs> yeah. I had to Google Roos when I first started watching the show, and I was like, what? Can we, can we talk about Roos real quick? I didn't put a yeah. Roos note in there, oh, but yeah. like... Like Roos sidebar? How, how jealous are you that like Roos exists and we fucking missed out on it? Maybe. Right? I don't know. I didn't even do spring break, though. I like went to Arkansas to visit my grandma, because I am very <laughs> cool. Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like I would have been one of those people that was like... Oh, Roos, dope. I'm going to go elsewhere. <laughs> no, nah, you've been with the crew. You and Vilde would have been best friends. Oh, my God. But, like, She's just the fact that they can, like, party Who? so Vilde. hard as teenagers is, like, crazy. Just, like, I, we couldn't, uh, as teenagers, we struggled to put together a house party, let alone a four-year culmination of a crazy bus ride. The only fucking thing we got was prom. Prom's, like, well, prom was lame, all right? I don't know. I was drunk at prom and it was real fun. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is my prom was lame. Yeah, our prom was one night. And then this was, you know, Bruce is steeped in their culture of like, yeah. here's your rite of passage to becoming an adult. Well, and prom is supposed, you're supposed to lose your virginity at prom. If you're a dirty slut like me, that was, you've been missed that ship. <laughs> at prom, there was a, a brief prom story. There's a girl who had really, really, really big boobs. Oh, right? God. And she had a, like a dress that was reasonable. And, like, my girlfriend at the time was there with me. She didn't go to our school. And the girl, like, walked by. And she was like, do you know that girl? I was like, no, girl, I don't know her. And the chick was like, hey, Chris. And I was like, weird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so uncomfortable. Uh, Caught immediately. You don't know that girl. No, no, no. So, um, yeah, uh, we, we, we fucking, we missed out on Roos. Yeah. yeah, sure did. Let me, let me, let me all splickle my notes here. So what did you guys think about seasons one and two? Uh, essentially, like, I think season one, season two started, we didn't know it was going to be based off of different people each season. So that kind of took us off guard. But like knowing that when we had season one and season two, like with each other, because they kind of feel like a bit more of a connected story. Season three feels like it, it jumps a little bit away from that. And season four feels like it's kind of connected with season three a lot. You know what I mean? Like they feel like they're in uh, groups of two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how'd you guys feel about season one and two? You. Um, I really liked both seasons. 
Um, I think that now in retrospect, looking at it, it was really, I think that they covered all the important topics for girls growing up. So it makes sense for them to then move to the boys. But um, yeah, like the um, abuse of alcohol and uh, subsequent uh, blacking out, a possible oh, yeah. roofing mm. and raping and uh, all that stuff that was fucking terrifying. And it's important to show that in such a realistic way. Um, and uh, I really like the prep to- uh, pep talk that the um, Vilda had. There's like, no, if you get raped, this is what you have to do step by step. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, we were kind of thinking Vilda was like the like slower one. We thought she like yeah. said and did dumb shit. And she like nutted up. She's like, nah, son. Yeah. Gotta and, fucking take care of this. But also besides besides all that, which was probably like the main thing that happened. I, they, they even talked about like minor things that um, teenagers struggle with, like eating disorders mm-hmm. um, that Vilda was struggling with, um, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> is, is that what your notes say? Yes. <laughs> Do they live as easy? DC. I thought that when we were watching it that like, yeah, it was a good insight to kind of what these girls are dealing with because I didn't grow up teenage girl, but it was still somehow relatable. And I think it's because we all knew people like that. You know what I mean? Like I could relate like, but essentially each person there, I was like, shit, I knew somebody who was like that. I knew somebody who was like that. And then when they started switching to the boys, I do wish that they just kind of had a season that was just the boys. Because I, I want that. I feel like, so, you know, we, I want to know what these Norwegian boys is like. When Jonas had his, which is going to be later on, his fucking <laughs> dope-ass slow-mo, I just ate out a chick walk. That was like, <laughs> I was like, look at him. What a boss. Like, I wanted to know more about that. So I personally dug Wilhelm's slow-motion video right now. <laughs> yeah. Walk outside oh. the car. Just fucking <laughs> blows the hair of Nora. She's like, <laughs> Also, that's oh for gosh. later on when I've got, like, what are your favorite mo- All of mine are slow most. Yeah. Every single one. So, uh, <laughs> Serge, how do you feel about Shades and Wine? I, I feel like the show has just continually gotten better. And season one was a good crash course to what to, for what to expect for the rest of the show. Like, when I think back of season one, I almost forget it was about Ava. Like, she was a outsider, kind of. She just discovered the girls, you know. It was kind of, um, like, our entry into this world. And... It was relatable because I feel like we've all been there kind of on the outside, kind of learning how to assimilate or fit in or finding our people. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, I would say, like a very mature breakup with her and Jonas. Yeah. And like we could even see it spill over into season two where she's like, haha, I'm best friends with Jonas. And then, you know, she even grew. She had her own arc, even though that season wasn't about her. Like, like the in the background. Still growing in the background, which is really cool. Even Isak in season one, like we were like, what a dickhole. And then we figure out what he's been going through by the time we get to season three. So it like lays the seeds for these things that you don't even know are going to grow. Yeah. Uh, season two, I did not expect the whole rape angle to come in. And I think it took a lot of us by surprise. We were like, oh, fuck, this just got real. Yeah. <laughs> and not to say it wasn't real before, but you know, what else my notes say? I think it was also the first episode that Pat watched with us. <laughs> yeah. oh, dear. We were like, oh my God, you have to watch this with us. This is such a like feel good <laughs> show about like fun in high school. And then like <laughs> Nora gets raped immediately. Well, she wasn't raped. Yeah, she, was she was just well, definitely taking naked pictures of her by a fucking yeah. God. That's rape. Th- that guy's fucking, a- actor. Hold on, listen. <laughs> to that actor, I don't know why you'd be watching this. If you are, you are a great actor. Nico. I have, I have never hated someone so much instantly. They, the casting, they, it was great. Yep. You're great. 
I hate your character. Do do I'll buy you a beer. Like all the serial killers in Mindhunter. Like the casting. It's the casting like, director. <laughs> casting director is like, yo, literally find the like creepiest looking motherfucker you can find. And he and like, dude's like, finally my break. Like this yeah. is what I've been waiting for. I did really enjoy Nura and Wilhelm. I was shipping the fuck out of it. Ugh. And uh, you know, it was your typical story where it's like, oh, the bad boy. Why is he so bad? I'm sorry, I'm going to be the carbon voice again. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that makes sense to you. You're you like, yes, it. this it's is what like, feels it's right. Like introspection. It's like, you know, it, it was that typical cliche story, but they were kind of addressing it. They were kind of self-aware about what it was. At least Nora was. She's like, oh, you think I'm going to go home with you and feel sorry for you, and blah, blah, did. blah. And then she did. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you can't tell me you didn't feel that chemistry when they were looking no, at I, each No, look, other. I felt the chemistry, especially that moment when she sings to him in the apartment is fucking beautiful. Like, oh, I love that. Cute. And I totally think that, it, like, like in my, I'm like, yeah, you guys should be together. Y'all ain't gonna stay together. That ain't y'all is Romeo and Juliet. That shit ain't panning out, son. Like, there's no fucking way. And whose fault is that? We're midway through season four. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Both, Both of, of their faults. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even try me. Chris is gonna act like he didn't do some silly shit like bust a bottle over someone's head when he was younger. All right. And I don't judge, judge you for the rest of your life on things you did when you were a teenager. I'm not judging him no, for the rest of his him. life. William's gonna go on and cure cancer and I'm gonna love him for it. But right now as a teenager with this shitty relationship he's in, break it the fuck off. Yeah, People love to romance those relationships where it's just like, you don't understand this. And like, if I was friends with them, I'd be like, I swear to God, if you tell me one more drama-filled fucking story about you just talk to each other and figure it the yeah. fuck out. I need to have lunch with you where I don't hear about some dumb shit that either one of you've done. Stop it. And yeah. then they would break up and I'm like, good. I, I still ship them. <laughs> also, the Hashtag moment forever. I like just nixed like nixed him out of my like people that I like was when he told Vilda what he told her. Because, mm -hmm. yeah. You don't I nixed him the second he walked out and they had that <laughs> slow-mo of him with that hair and that jacket and I said, he's going to be a problem. I just know it. That was he walked out and I said, mm, The mm -hmm. whole him saying that to Vilda was part of the preconceived bias we had towards him and then we learned why he was like Vilda wouldn't have stopped no, like this just because you have sex that. with someone you know how Vilda was back in the back in season two days she was like obsessive real crazy so yeah maybe he, he was definitely way too harsh but you kind of do have to cut it off root and stem sometimes yeah, yeah but, but there's, there's a, a nicer way to do that there's a non-asshole way to do it but you're 16 like, exactly. You when you were younger, you didn't know how to do things. If I could talk to younger me, I would shit down his throat on a yes. regular basis. I'd be Ew. like, young Chris, I you're would, a fucking idiot. Which Stop Patreon, being a fucking idiot. Which Patreon tier do I sign up to see that? Yeah, well, the one that lets me build a time machine to go back and shit down my own throat, that one. I'm just gonna... <laughs> I would Lord. I would bitch out younger me so hard. And like, and obviously, I grew up to be a semi-okay person. I'm not saying that William's yeah, not. Yeah. I'm just saying that we're talking about in the moment. Like, mm -hmm. if I knew... If I had a friend that was a teenager, hashtag Drake... <laughs> oh my god I, I, I just feel like I would take I would like stop Nora, You would just be in Degrassi Willem was a dickhole Nora was wound <laughs> up too tight And I did feel like Both of them Would bring each other To the middle kind of So I think uh, they I, did I, Yeah But I think that at the middle When they become More well-rounded people They probably notice it, That they probably Shouldn't be with each other and I mean, it's upsetting. Sometimes you just got to date somebody for the moment, real talk, and they mm -hmm. kind of help you to figure out some shit in the moment. And Not that's in this good. Show. In this show, everyone's chemistry is like, <laughs> so like, you know, Isaac <laughs> and Evan different. better get married. And no, then Sana yeah, I and, oh, I don't know about Sana. I feel like we'll that's see. realistic to like teenage relationships, though. Like that's season one and season two. I feel like we're a good understanding of what it's like to go through a relationship in that way when you have to understand how to be yourself and be in a relationship but you're feeling all of these crazy emotions that you've never fully experienced mm -hmm. and then you're being pulled in a million different ways 
you don't understand a lot of relationship dynamics as well as you do when you're older because it's your first time kind of living and experiencing them in real life. And I think this show really explains that super well, which is like hard. Yeah. It's mind blowing to me, but that still doesn't mean that I like William. <laughs> oh shit! What you What you think of seasons one and two? I really like them. I definitely I, this might be controversial, but I liked season one better than season two, and I I know whoa, crazy, <laughs> but I think uh, it's for purely selfish reason re- reasons. Anyways, what are those selfish reasons? Those reasons are I relate to Eva yes. so hard. It, like too. watching that season, it reminded me a lot of like my college relationship and getting lost in that relationship and sort of losing your own identity and not understanding what you're going to do as that relationship is ending and trying to do everything to get it back, trying to make yourself whatever that person wants you to be but you're just assuming what that person wants you to be and not actually being genuinely being yourself yeah Yeah. and and that whole dynamic of one learning how to get through that and then also trying to like make friends again in a way is too relatable hashtag relatable (laughs) to me and i watched that whole season it was just like I understand what you're going through. This is so sad, but I understand. You will play Ava in the next scam skit. Perfect. Yeah, you kind of got oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> so uh, this is interesting because, and when I was thinking about this, I was like, I really did like season one, and in my mind, I was like, it's because of like the party aspects and like Jonas is there, and I like Jonas. But unfortunately, I think it's because I do have to admit to myself that I kind of jived with Eva because that was kind of me in high school. Because yeah. I kind of thought going into high school, I was like, I've been kind of. I never had like a girlfriend. I was like, I'm kind of shitty. And I was already like, I was like the, the dude in like leaving junior high. I was like, I got two girlfriends on different sides of the school and they don't know about each other. So I was like, I need to reform myself and like be a better dude overall. So like the person I was dating in high school, I was like trying to be like, all right, this is what she thinks a good guy is. And I don't know. She probably knows. Cause I don't fucking know. And I tried that and I tried that for a long ass time and it was dumb and stupid and terrible. And like, instead of losing myself in a relationship, I just, kept acting out in ways that was totally who I am and just continued to do it with that with being like, no, no, that's not who I am. I was like, no, fuck that. It's obviously who you are. It's what you do all the time. You love that shit. So I had to figure it out too. I think that's why season one really jives with me really well there. Season two though, I did also relate to because with Nora just kind of being with somebody she shouldn't, in my opinion, that she shouldn't really be with, even though the chemistry was there, like in my later years as an adult, like I've been there and been like, oh yeah, me and this girl are dating. And like, I mean, we're both kind of shitty and like we both made each other a little bit less shitty. And then we were like, you know what? I have grown and learned. I'm going to stay away from you now. I think that the worst part, the hardest part about like relationship is not starting one, but like ending one. Mm -hmm. And they kind of showed young people how to do it right. And I think another thing that we haven't touched on about season two was that it really showed how important it is to be open and honest with not only the people you're dating, but with your friends and that even if you think you're lying to protect someone like Nora was that whole season, it was actually more harmful to both of them had she just been honest in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it did a really good job of not only touching on romantic relationship dynamics, but how those intertwine with your friendship and platonic relationships. Yep. 
So uh, what moments in seasons one and two like really kind of jumped out at you guys? Sir? So <laughs> the, the, the thing on Nora's door, the note, everyone is fighting a battle that you can't see, yeah. has just been the thing that stuck out for me the most on the show and that I try to think to myself when I get angry at people for being assholes on a day-to-day. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, when someone is just rude as fuck to you for no reason or cuts you off and you're just like, Grrr! and I'm like, wait a minute, maybe, maybe they're going through some shit. You know, we can all be better people if we try to think about that in the back of our mind anytime we get upset. See, that's awesome, man. Also, I kind of think that that, too, has been the running, not background joke, but like the background theme with her roommate that is super depressed because it's like everyone's oh, going yeah. through something like that you can't see. And like she is just literally blending in with the couch. And it's like, oh, well, there she yeah. is. Yeah. And I just the thing that's the other thing that stick out real quick is just, you know, learning about Norwegian culture that yeah. makes me want to watch more foreign shows and movies just so I can learn more about world culture. Cause there's always stuff you can learn, you know, about other people. And this show specifically doesn't even feel like a series that's written. It feels like you're a fly on the wall for these actual interactions, this actual life that these teens are living. Yeah. yeah. It just feels like someone just took a camera in an actual spot in Norway and this is what happened they do really good with that too like with the uh, William that one whole episode that's just William and Nora in bed just like lying around and like being lazy like that is it's crazy because it's from a from a filmmaking standpoint you'd be like why the fuck would I put this boring ass shit here it's 10 minutes of two people doing nothing literally nothing but it speaks to like I mean it's it's, it makes the whole entire show seem authentic it makes it seem like it was released too like only this show could do that right and it's like you just got it and you're like damn okay because once again we've all been there and just been like yeah you know new relationship started we were in bed we're just gonna be in bed doing absolutely nothing like a bunch of fucking manatees (laughs) manatees they don't go in beds but they don't do nothing they got water beds (laughs) water beds um but no man I yeah Especially stuff about Norwegian culture it makes me want to like revisit Norway. I was only there in the airport, but I, I do want to go. Uh, and I kind of, I don't know, man. I've never watched something that made me wish I was a teenager in a different culture. But watching that, I'm like, oh. I mean, I've watched it Disney Channel. But like, I wish I was a rich kid, but I'm still in my culture, I think. It's it makes me culture. want more sweaters. <laughs> Just, Not as hot as it is in here. Well, Are well, you right now? comfortable, so I don't understand what's going on over there. But... <laughs> <Are you> <laughs> Oh, this sweater is extremely hot. I'm baking. Oh, yeah. sweater. I feel great. I'm secreting. I wish I was wearing so, something God. else. God. Um, <laughs> so moments that jumped out to me in seasons one and two was, yeah, the uh, the Eva talking with her, um, talking with Jonas and doing the breakup and it's all quiet. That moment was awesome. Literally every that single slow the mo. Breakup. They were, oh, that's right. They yeah, were about they were to break up. They just having a conversation, the reconciliation. Um, anything with Kristen the Spoon is hilarious. I also <laughs> enjoyed the Easter episode. I don't give a fuck what you say. That was fun. I yes, liked them fucking with it. her. I liked that the hijab was giving her psychic powers. And yes. Casper just shows up at the door. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> shit's hilarious. I, I, we've done pranks like that. That is funny. Um, slow motion bottle hit was just a fucking moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, I think uh, I don't know why in my brain I'm saying it's a Christmas episode I didn't feel like it but the one where uh, Vilde is really really sick from drinking and she's trying to kill yeah. William's baby and fucking Sana like carries her through the streets yes. that was like a mm-hmm. fucking moment and I, I was, was just like Sana's like, like you need her on the team yeah I loved it I mean she carried her and then you know she was in she was in bed and just puked all over Sana and then like Sana shows up in like white clothes like the towel on her head she's just like oh it's fine like a fucking angel <laughs> yes Literally, she savior. is 
We're not talking about season three yet, are we? No, no, no. We're about to we're about to wrap up into season three. We're just talking about our favorite moments of seasons one and two, so that we can put a cap on that and move into season three for the next half of the pool keys. Yeah, I just want to mention the uh, Jonas. Uh, sudden upgrade walking in slow-mo after he ate pussy that's what happens man <laughs> that, that's what happens yep that was really cool um, did you feel powerful <laughs> <laughs> everybody looking at him like oh. <laughs> did you, you hear did he oh went down gosh. on the third year and he's just like <laughs> <laughs> fireworks shooting off behind him it's like a wwe intro <laughs> uh, and they also i feel like the most important part of season one and two was when nora started blacking out because that's actually how it happens. Mm. It's oh, just that. dark. Dark. Mm-hmm. And then there's a cut and you see something. You remember like one, like five seconds of what happened that night. And then it's black again and cut. Yeah. And the way that was shot was it's so empty. beautiful. It took me, when I was watching the, like the first like couple times they did it, I was like, wait, did something go wrong with my computer? Oh no. Yeah. And then I was like, oh no, this is obviously intentional and she's clearly blacking out right yeah. now. And it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's fucking terrifying. Did, and, we, did we find out if she, if she was drinking too much or he actually did put some shit in there? So I think it was her drinking too much because mm-hmm. she doesn't drink often and she was kind of like, he manipulated, so the way that he played her was like, oh yeah, he's with this other girl, didn't you know? So she started she had like two or three drinks but because she doesn't drink like she started blacking out yeah. and then he just took advantage and like took naked pictures of her fucking fucking cheese ball yes nico man god nico you're a great actor the most punchable face uh <laughs> shout out to sebastian who says his english isn't very good but he's been loving us and he's been a sub since avatar hey Aww. thanks for stopping in through the podcast and speaking with us we uh we love our little international crew Moving on to season... Did everybody talk about season one and two favorite moments? Yes. Yeah. Moving on to season three. So I just want to say that for season three, we will have a special guest in writing because one of our friends decided to speak up about his own coming out struggle. So I have his little notes here that we'll be sharing as we talk about this. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> he yeah. is from the Middle East. Um, so for him, coming out... Has been extremely difficult. Yeah. So we'll talk about that too. And if I can say, um, he is super brave. He was. He was yes. like, you guys can say my name and say where I'm from and all that. I don't give a shit. I'm here to fight. Should, I don't think we should say and his name. I'm saying that like we were all like, that's brave as fuck. But we're we're not gonna go down that road. I just wanted to give him the you know the power and the accolades. We're like, damn, I don't even know if I can do some shit like that. That's badass. <laughs> so, what um, how did you guys feel about season three overall? Since I'm asking it and holding it, I'm gonna say it first. <clears throat> Uh, so I thought season three was really good and it felt like it looked into more serious issues. It was like, it felt like the show had been getting seriouser and seriouser since season one. I, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a real word. I, I'm wow. a professional English talker here, so <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. Um, it got more Close serious enough. and more serious. They started dealing with like real issues and, uh, with, I didn't know anybody in high school that was like coming out. I think I had like maybe one friend who was in the closet and like I, we weren't super close friends. So I wasn't there when he was coming out and I didn't really have any friends around me that were coming out. So to see like this whole entire experience with like him and with his homies was really interesting because I have not experienced that and I didn't know anything about that. So it's like the show was giving me an insight to it and asking me like the questions like, damn, how would you deal with one of your friends? Like, especially in high school at the time, because I had I was I was never like a quote unquote homophobe, but I was just like, when somebody was like, you think like uh, gay people should be able to get married? I was like, I don't know. Is it marriage just between like a man and a woman? And then somebody was like, don't be an idiot. And then like talked to me for like 10 minutes. And I was like, oh yeah, that is dumb. I'm sorry. That was stupid. Why would I even say that? And like learned at that moment that that is the case. So 
in high school, it would have been really good for me to have like more friends like this so I could be learning the shit. But I learned it all as an adult. So I think that season three did really good in that. And it kind of gave me just like an insight that I wouldn't have had. Also, I like Isak, man. We, he kind of, we saw his development, like, he's got, like, mini arcs. We're like, oh, shit, he's super into Nora. Oh, maybe he's into Jonas. Oh, no, he's got his whole own fucking thing going on. Like, that's his arc for, like, each fucking season. And for him to land <laughs> solidly in season three with, like, some shit to really get up to was really cool. Yeah. Hala, Thor. Hala from Norway. Hala. I love it. That means let's begin. Um, I'm aware. <laughs> I want to say that season three had a lot of anticipation from everyone because everybody kept telling us that it's the best season ever. Mm-hmm. So the uh, beginnings were a little difficult for us to get into because of the built anticipations. The hype. Um, mm-hmm. And also because the we've gotten so used to watch the girl squad and the boys were kind of slow boiling and with Isak and his like communication issues at the beginning that we didn't know why they were happening. Um, we, it was, it was kind of frustrating to watch at first, but then as you find out more about Isaac and what he's actually going through, then it gets really, really interesting. And especially since none of the people on the couch at the time had any experience with, uh, homosexuality or anything else on the spectrum, we just like couldn't really, you know. Sometimes make smart. Comments. I saw Mickey kiss a guy <laughs> I watched once. Those reactions and I kissed three guys. Yeah, see, oh, that's, that's you know, that's not, you tried. That doesn't mean you're on. That's hey, that means everyone's that, on the spectrum a little bit. Well, maybe you know. That, I, I there's like a whole think. song about I like it. Think. I mean, I, I kind of I don't know. I legitimately I used to think everything was quote unquote black and white, but now I I, well, I think like a lot of things are on the spectrum. But like none of us people have, have nuance. That. Yeah, yeah. None of us got through what. Isak was going through and like I think it was frustrating for people to watch us but we we got it over time you know I feel like we we watched it the proper way you know going in with our biases and then realizing what was going on and yeah the hype didn't help because we were like "Ooh, this is supposed to be the best season and then it was kind of a slow burn but then by the end of it we were like wow that was like yeah best season so far so when I when people were saying it was the best I'm thinking that oh it's gonna because all the things I do like the the like silly goofy shit and scam I think when people say this is the best season it's because like it had a fucking solid ass message it didn't just talk about like homosexuality but also talked about like mental health and like how all those things can come fucking crashing down on a person it's like shit this is a dope ass season there is a lot to be fucking said here mm-hmm. see when oh. I started watching season three I didn't have the same like build up that you guys did so I was just kind of going into it blind I knew that there was going to be some queer shit going on so I was like already kind of stoked for that um for those of you that don't know since y'all don't know me but you will um (laughs) I identify as like queer by just on the spectrum have dated folks of a couple different gender identities so watching this show was uh, a lot of fond memories of being a little queer baby. The only thing that I probably didn't relate to, though, was the, uh, well, obviously, like, being a dude coming out to your guy friends about it and all of the, <laughs> so that's a thing. But all of the, like, gay men in my life when I was a teenager were, they were just already out. Like, I was mm-hmm. a theater kid. Like, everyone was just a little bit gay. And if they weren't a little bit gay, they were just, real gay (laughs) and it it was so normal so it was kind of interesting to like watch that dynamic a little bit of them struggling with how to 
talk to each other about it, of Mm -hmm. like trying to be supportive friends and then not necessarily knowing like the right thing to say. (laughs) They're like, oh, well, you're just, you're with a guy that's cool. I think Magnus was like, who would you fuck uh, with us first? Like, which one of us? I say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Would you fuck me? (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Oh, the struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was 2019, though, because if this was 10, 20 years ago, I feel like the boys group would have had a different reaction. Yeah, it'd be kind of a shit out. show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people are more tolerant now. So, But this was the best way you could come out, like, the best reaction you could expect, mm-hmm. especially the scene with Eunice and Isak. And he was just mm-hmm. like, so? Like, I don't know, the way he, his demeanor was perfect. It was yeah. exactly what Isak needed to see. Eat like, that fucking kebab. Yeah. That was like... I don't. I mean, I've only been to Europe twice, but that felt like a super like European moment. Like they got on like the fucking little hats and then like they're cold sitting on the bench eating a kebab and just like mm, I like boys. It's like oh man, mm-hmm. all right. I cool. like the so, underlying story too of Isak trying to like kind of come out to his family and like worried about his mom, who's pretty like religious and conservative. And I think it's interesting how they don't really show a lot of the parents, but then they show like the text messages. They show boobs. On. Well, yeah, they do. That, that lady's not a parent. She's a fucking like, that teacher. Was too much, too much titties. <laughs> uh, nipples in your face. Um, so I was gonna um, just interject here with uh, a friend that I mentioned earlier. Um, I asked him about what it was like for him to come out, or if he's come out at all, since you know uh, we know where he lives. Um, he says the first person I told was my friend. He was support, super supportive, and. Never really hang out after that. Oh, he was Damn. not super supportive? He was not. Um, and they never hang out after that. And his family actually still doesn't know that his sexual orientation is gay. That's so going to be fucking awful, Dad. He, he is like an adult human being at this point, fully aware of who he is. Like, he's not kind of trying to figure it out. He knows. And he's still unable to even say to his family so, you know, there's still a lot to be said about this. I know that this show, especially season three, was the most torrented thing uh, of 2018 in China. Hell yes. Because <laughs> yeah, That's really. fucking awesome. Because, you know, so countries like that really need to get it together. And um, also our country needs yeah. to get it together. Let's not Hold on, time out. ourselves. Did you just say our country? <gasps> Marquetta just admitted that she's American. Um, honestly, play the national anthem. honestly, Czech Republic also needs to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we all need to get it together. Come the on. world needs to get it together. That's a, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, I can't even imagine. Like, I'm so. There's just so who much I am. other shit to deal with. Why waste your breath and energy on being upset about something like who someone can love? Right? But, it's um, and, and like and it's I mean like dumb to me. Like people are like just I I am so much who I am on a regular fucking basis that I couldn't imagine being like like just to like save face or to protect myself to be like no that's like that I don't know that just feels so fucking hard like God I would just blurt it out and be like fuck it this is what it is and I mean she would probably go sideways this is why um on the <laughs> on the bright side I did ask him if he had somebody like uh, Sana you know. Uh, a, a shoulder a, to lean on an ally um he did say that there was a there was a friend uh, a girl and he said that he wouldn't be alive without her she's a woman who used to be uh in college with me and we became friends when i told her she was great and awesome and shout out to her she is still my friend to this day after nine years damn I love wholesomeness that. 
Uh, real quick, too, it was also popular in Russia, according to our friend who is talking with us. His name is written in the, or her name is written in the Cyrillic alphabet. I don't know how to pronounce the chair or any of those. So the chair. The if chair. you want to, it looks like a chair. If you want to give us the phonetic way to pronounce your name, I'll go for it. Or Marketa, can you decipher? Yeah, yeah. You are, you are Slavic. Please. I, I am sorry. <laughs> I cannot do it. <laughs> is that your Russian accent? <laughs> Um, so what moments in season three really jumped out to you guys? Cause season three had, a uh, had some key ones, man. I, a really understated one that jumped out to me was the party when, um, Isak was just super shitty and he was like trying to go talk with Evan. So he gets in the party and there was that one girl that he had kind of been flirting with off and on Emma, Emma. And like, he was walking through the party and like, he dissed his friends to get in, Like he was doing all these like shitty things because in his mind, I think he had like this singular thing. He was like, I need to go and I need to fucking talk with um evan and that's it and like the girl stops him in a party and she's like just because you're gay doesn't mean you have to be an asshole to people and it's like like, what you what you said when when you're hiding such a big part of yourself on the daily like it'll just affect how you come off and just your psyche and like just the way you operate so you know he was just he just didn't know how to express himself um i do want to address this moment because we did have some unfortunate thoughts uh, about this particular oh. thing when Emma said that, uh, you know, it's 2019 come out already. Um, mm. I did read the comments. We do read comments. And uh, after, you know, going through it, I did realize that we were a little too harsh because none of us... Did, did we agree with Emma? We, yeah. Because uh, we were. Yeah. I think we were all kind of tired because, of Isaac's bullshit. Yeah, at that point, Isaac has been making a lot of... I feel like it was also misinterpreted a little bit what we were really upset about. It was more about like his communication, like the fact that he was so shitty to his friends and we didn't really like try to empathize with his struggle at the time. And so he he also kind of dragged Emma on, even though she mm-hmm. couldn't fucking get the message. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, they were both at fault, but we kind of put all the blame on him. At the yeah. time, because we're like, oh, yeah, she's right. But she was not right. You like, should not be telling that to is not a, a real thing, but hers was busted. Like, <laughs> like how did you not even figure see? something? Like, yeah. um, I, I do want to say this as we're beginning to talk about this. I realize a bias that I totally have that I need to try to get over. It's an asshole bias. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, when someone's an asshole, I just write them off. I'm just like, like, I, yeah. even even with William and even with Isak in the beginning, like, I was getting annoyed just because. I don't know. I just I I knew a lot of assholes. I know a lot of assholes still. And sometimes I'm just like, you have no reason to be like this. You can at least try not to be. And they and I know that everyone's got their reasons and everyone's going through a fight that maybe you don't notice. But it was a, I, I do have an asshole. I'll try to watch watch it in the future. I think that something that this show and specifically this uh, season three does really well is talking about how people that are that sort of asshole person, it shows you a lot of why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you get to see the arc of them realizing when what they're doing isn't okay and isn't right. And then how they change and shift back to this sort of nicer, more kind of traditional, like good person. But it explains like why Isak was doing those things. And like one of my favorite moments of season three was during uh, one of those party scenes where he like has Emma flirting with him and that, then he sees across the room and he's like, oh, that dude is cute. I want to be with him. <laughs> and then he starts making out. Evan starts making out with his girlfriend and that utter heartbreak that comes over Isak's face. I was like, oh, been there so many times. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to tell when and when you're young, too, you don't necessarily 
know where people are at on their like sort of journey of coming out or Mm -hmm. exploring their sexuality. So sometimes it's hard to even tell like he probably thought oh this guy is into me but then maybe that was just a weird one-off thing like Uh, yeah it it was also very heartbreaking to see when he was like googling like how can i how if you're gay how to be attracted to women like (laughs) come on fuck man um but i also um speaking of that i did want to bring up that um when i asked our friend if he had any like resources growing up like you know when he started questioning himself and who he is and who he likes um he says that um it's a struggle and battle with yourself denying it and trying to find a way to make it normal like normal in quotations Mm -hmm. um like praying to god to cure you or help you to become normal i even tried to talk to girls and flirt with them thinking i might be cured if i tried it and the feeling of being alone and thinking you're the only person in the world with the sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, I am 29 years old, so Google and social media wasn't a thing. So, you know, like, Isaac was able to just, like, go on his phone. But if you're in a country like that, maybe you don't... Now you have phones, but maybe you don't even want to do that because who knows who's watching. Um, mm-hmm. He used chat rooms and asked people about it and found out that he wasn't alone. But there's still heavy censorship, unfortunately, to this day. Damn. Shit. Well, and sometimes even with those resources, you don't even know sort of like what you're doing or what you're feeling can is like queer or gay in any way. Like I definitely remember like in high school and college doing a lot of really gay shit and not (laughs) recognizing it as that. I think uh, the experience for uh, queer women is a little bit different in that like if a girl makes out with another girl, it's just like, oh, cool, whatever. But I distinctly remember, and this is like not a cool thing that I did when I was dating a guy for a lot of my college career, I would be at parties with him and we'd just be around our friends and I would be flirting and making out with girls at these parties like right in front of him. <laughs> and then I'd just go up to him afterwards and be like, hey, what's up? And he was always so mad at me and I never understood <laughs> why. I'm like, what? I don't get it. Why are you upset with me? And looking back and I'm like, oh no, I was just cheating openly in front of him. Just like cuckling him right there. Not even recognizing how like... <laughs> how one wrong that was and also like (laughs) how like that was like my me trying to express my queerness in a way that I didn't even recognize I was flirting with girls and I thought I was just like having fun at a party but I was actually like genuinely interested in these women (laughs) but I was in a heteronormative relationship at the time and just had no idea so i was definitely that asshole and chris would have fully written me off but (laughs) i swear i'm nicer now and i understand (laughs) the difference so i do want to get sir joining your take on it before i do i want to read this comment this is from i'm not gonna be able to pronounce your name because i suck at reading uh he says to come out is definitely hard and uh i am 27 indian and i am still not fully at this point i don't even care to be honest but the thought itself of coming out especially to your parents is just terrifying mm. at i once i'm j- sorry jokingly i mean I, I said this in a scam discussion when i once jokingly said i was gay to my parents and they were like don't say these stupid things like, what are you talking <laughs> about so like being brown like indian middle eastern it's it sucks because it's just in our heads that like no we can never tell our parents yeah. that like even if i like it was a little bit even like 10 percent on the spectrum i couldn't tell them so 
that sucks, man. And, and it sucks hearing testimonials like that because there's really nothing you can do depending on where you live. We should be a little bit thankful that things are lax here. I mean, uh, yeah, we have a long way to go still, but at least we can do that in other parts of the world, hopefully slowly waking up now, you know, oh, as yeah. they adopt that. But and it still happens here, though. I know plenty of people that have come out to their parents and just been fully shut off from their family. Like um, one of my friend's ex-girlfriends was outed by her sister. She didn't even actually come out. She was just outed to her family. And then her sister doesn't want her around her nieces and nephews anymore. And that's within the last year and it happens. And it, it's scary to, to think about like my parents are really religious and I haven't had like unofficial coming out to them. I've just had casual conversations with them about like, if, if I brought a girlfriend home, would you care? And they're like, what and I say then then about my brother I'm like what if Marty was like dating a guy because if my brother was gay I would be so excited Marty if you're listening (laughs) but and then my parents who are like very conservative Christian in their own way are also very like loving and open people and they're just like yeah who cares so I've never been like hey parents I like men and women but they're they don't care so I don't feel the need to have a full like sit down let me tell you i'm also super single right now so it's not like i'm bringing anybody home to them so (laughs) doesn't really matter i kind of hope that more like children's cartoons my my brother was telling me there's a kid's cartoon where like a character is gay yeah and he had to Mm -hmm. explain it to his kids so i'm like that's good you know normalize it Mm -hmm. and so they know that if they feel that growing up then Uh, You have an opinion on that? No 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 i just want to bring something up um that happened in my country actually czech republic um, about um, six years ago, I was still in school at, at university um, and I was training to become a teacher. So I was aware of all the you know new publications coming out for kids um, to, to like textbooks at schools. And one of them had um, a, a queer family mm-hmm. as like the, the, the kind of like the, the guides that take you through the textbook. And it was a fucking uproar. There was also later, there was like a, a Muslim lady with a hijab. And that was even worse Jesus for some Jack. reason. Um, and that whole thing just like made me realize how much like Czech Republic needs to still like learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have one, one of my friends in the Czech Republic is gay. Uh, and when he came out to his parents, actually they're divorced. Like he came out to his mom. And uh, she was, like, the only thing that she was, like, upset about was that she would not be able to have grandkids. She was just, like, crying. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> my but, mom doesn't want me to have grandkids, so me being gay is, like, easy. <laughs> She's like, there don't you go. do it. I'm like, tired. But that's, like, it was pretty cool of, like, her, like, that to be, like, her only problem. Yeah. And then also they it's were, they were tr- trying to move, him and his husband were trying to move to um, Finland, I think where they would be able to adopt a child. But then I think that they just settled back in check. I don't know. I'm hoping that, you know, they will be able to adopt a child eventually. 
I yeah. hope that uh, our country gets its shit together. So to the note of what um, Serge was saying about the cartoons things, a lot of people kind of get upset when like um, those issues are being presented towards like younger children, which I think is silly because Sesame Street was like, hey, guys, don't be racist at like a young age. Like it's like those are kind of the th- kids can take this shit. And I think it's important to learn about it because they're going to be existing in a world where these are going to be the type of topics that are being brought up. And it doesn't want to be something that just comes and smacks you over the face when you hit junior high mm-hmm. that you never thought about. You know what I mean? Even there was the the, the kiddo I went to school with in, it was really weird. We went to school together in Gary from like kindergarten to fifth grade. And then I moved to Indianapolis and then somehow this motherfucker moves and ends up going to the exact same school as me. And I never quite knew like what gay was, but I knew he was gay. And like eventually he came out and now I think he literally writes for a fashion magazine in New York. So he's living his best fucking life. But like, like, (laughs) Everybody didn't like him because he was an asshole for a lot of different reasons. I hope you're listening. I still love you. We're still cool. We haven't <laughs> talked in years. But, like, he would do shit and, like, we and him got into arguments and stuff. And I was just like, man. But, like, watching this season, it's like, oh. I mean, he probably always knew that. he Like, he carried around a picture of Britney Spears, a giant poster of Britney Spears every day in fifth grade. And it was not because he wanted to be with Britney. It's because he admired her and was like, beard. like, like oh, no, not even admired her. Okay, no, he was like, I love her music. Like he, uh, we recorded some music together. Actually, he really wanted to be like a pop like diva. Like he, he could have been fucking Adam Lambert or some shit. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, I get why he was such an asshole when we were kids, and who knows how he is now? It'd be uh, really cool to link up with him, live in New York, live his best life. But Steven Universe is a good show with mm-hmm. uh, a lot of queer characters in it. Oscar Carlberg says it's accurate because you're just 24-7 paranoid and angry, scared that someone's going to discover your secrets. Mm-hmm. That's why the behaviors happen. Yeah. Can I just, I'm going to bullet point go over what I liked about season three because we're kind of running short on time. All the realistic scenes of Isak coming out to his friends, um, how they portrayed mental health without beating us over the head with it. Yeah. Kind of subtly like, oh, shit. And um, I think it's a testament to how well the show is written and acted that we thought Isak was an asshole because all his friends were thinking the same thing. We're just... We were his friends in that. We were in their shoes at that because we, even though we were seeing exactly what was going on in his head, we still couldn't really empathize until we, you know, saw it all come to fruition at the end. I also really liked the Eskild conversation with Isak. That's yeah. he, uh, that he was really great. owned him on that one and kind of set him straight to be like, "Look, don't don't fuck around with this. Like, if you're yeah. if you're gay, like people died for this shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it it brought it to a really dramatic tone and like just." brought it down to a really realistic level. Like, I I don't think about that sometimes, too. That people people do die for this shit. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, it, not just even for, like, the gay thing, but I think each of us individually here are a part of some group that is literally going through something or fighting for their rights in some sort mm-hmm. of situation in which you're dying for. And, like, you know, sometimes people are, like, they just write the shit off. And I'm not saying that you need to be, like, all for it, but it could be, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, th- there's some issues going on right now that maybe I could pay a little more attention to because maybe I have been writing off. Maybe I could do something to help. Donate five dollars here. Then who fucking knows? But yeah. One last thing: the music when Isak and Evan get together in that like episode before last was like the first time I think we all were just super silent on the couch because we were just like it was like beautiful. It was mesmerizing. Oh, the one with the, oh, the kid singing in church. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he goes out to see him at the bench, and I I didn't understand at the time so, that he was it was like a suicide letter, and I, I'm glad that I Isak we did too. Find him dead. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, <sighs> hey, um, it was good shit. Are we going to have any time to talk about the mental health? We uh, talked about a lot of about being gay. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's. Uh, so to end this off, guys. One, if you want to hop on in and say anything, feel free to jump over to our Discord uh, and go on down to the um, the queue. If you hop in the queue, I'll pull you down and we can talk a little bit about it. 
about the show. We're going to be wrapping up. So for these mm-hmm. last couple of minutes, we're, we're going to be talking about the the mental health issues that popped up in season three because they were equally as important. Yeah. Um, so I think that one noteworthy thing from that is uh, Magnus and the way he understood his mother's condition. Yes. Um, and like that contrasted with the way Isaac kind of despised his mother for having issues. But I think also that a lot speaks to the fact that she was heavily relying on the scripture instead mm-hmm. of actually trying to find help. And I don't know if she did or not, but also, I mean, it was a whole situation where the father kind of abandoned her in the middle of her going through shit, mm-hmm. them going through the divorce, him going through his coming out phase. There was so much going on in Isaac's life. Mm-hmm. But um, it was really cool to see, in contrast, Magnus, who essentially the only thing he had to deal with was his his mother's condition and then his inability to for getting late. Yeah. Um, in contrast with what Isaac was going through was just uh, <laughs> ridiculous. I do kind of wish we had a little more of like Evan's perspective of it because yes. that would have been interesting to see like what it's um, like to be in his shoes. We don't have Evan's perspective, but um, I am sad to say that our friend also has a bipolar disorder oh my gosh so, so does he's he wanna literally answer? so mm-hmm. he's going he, he loves this show and he's going through the same things mm-hmm. um so what he says about this is um so he was 19 when he had his first uh, manic episode and his episodes are different from uh, isa from uh, evan he has like a very strong and very quick episode so the first time he stole his dad's car at two in the morning and he went to the beach to swim and ended up crashing the car. And so he has like, he calls it uh, bipolar rapid cycling. So it's aggressive and repetitive. He needs to be on meds. And uh, he says that sketching helps him to calm him down. Um, and I think that's all that he says about mental health. So, I mean, it just... So, like, the show is really speaking directly towards... The show is, like, tailored to him. So, that's great. Um, But he also wants to say um, some things to viewers or listeners here. He wants to say that um, he's thankful and proud uh, of who he is. And he learned how to love himself and reminds himself to accept the hands you've been dealt and to make the best out of it. And also... Uh, 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 uh. Oh my god Is that a novel you got there? Yes <laughs> um, He says uh, fear and hardship will pass And you will be strong enough to overcome it And remember that there's always a rainbow After the storm Damn. Ah nice Oh good shit Thank you <laughs> For So uh, we're going around the table Serge you want to add anything about the mental health aspects of this season? Uh, It's always rough to see Because I was <laughs> On the boat, we're like, God, Evan's fucking creepy as shit now all of a sudden. And like, what's going on with this dude? And turns out he was going through that. And so, again, everyone's fighting a battle you don't see. If there's yeah. a message for every season or this whole show, I think it's that. And yeah. um, like I said, it did it in a way that it didn't really beat you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And it just made you realize, you know, it made you stop and think. Everybody's behavior is even like old girl going through depression in a skilled department who we're probably never going to hear talk or get any progression, but we just know she's going through that. It's, it's done in such a subtle way to make you just be aware. Like, Hey, everybody's got issues. I personally feel like everybody's got some mental issues. I mean, some obviously way more than others, but I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I've gone through my own bouts of going through some mental health crises and I can't relate to 
you know, someone that is diagnosed as bipolar or manic, but like I've had a manic episode in the past and it's, it's terrible. It's terrifying. You think you can do anything. You think you're right about everything. And it's just, um, you got to be fortunate enough to have friends and a support system that can kind of pull you back. And I know not everybody has that. So yeah, be kind to others, people when you, when you see them going through stuff. Once again, good trip. Uh, ambulance fight club. Uh, please tell me the metaphors you're talking about. I don't know. Can you talk about the metaphors? Mention the metaphors. Maybe I don't know what you're talking Not about. Metaphors? Um, Sarah? Um, metaphors? No, not the metaphors. Oh. The <laughs> mental health stuff in season three. Oh, cool. Um, I like what we've all said about it so far. I think one of the most significant things about how the show incorporates talking about mental health is that they don't over dramatize it like Evan's manic episode is filmed in a way that it just seems like he's having kind of a goofy weird spontaneous day and then as you watch it and you pay closer attention to his behavior and the aftermath you realize that it's way more than that and you kind of go on that journey with Isak of thinking oh this is just so fun and crazy but then you realize that there's something deeper to it but it doesn't get to the point where it like I, I think sometimes shows that talk about mental health take it to a point that it just looks ridiculous and it's not necessarily reflective of what a manic episode or what someone going through different types of mental health crises actually looks like and I really respect this show for taking that approach with it and I think they take that approach with pretty much every issue and crises that they talk about, but specifically mental health in this season. I think they did a really good job of making it actually real. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted to say the, probably the next podcast we do about this, we'll talk about some of the metaphors like the pretty woman and Romeo and Juliet. So I know there's a lot. And by the end of season four, we'll probably see more. Maybe we'll have like a list at that time, but and yeah, we've there was a lot to unpack here. Obviously. For the season four mm-hmm. podcast, we're gonna have some different peoples in here since uh, season four is all about uh, being brown. We're gonna have more brown people in here so we can mm-hmm. understand it. Because fun fact, I don't know a lot, and I'm really excited. And they never tell me a lot. I've used the podcast as a way to learn with bullshit. <laughs> um, so I kind of had Isak's experience because I was dating someone who was bipolar, and I didn't get it. She only kind of um, had. Um, she only um, had issues. It, it, it kind of went like a yearly thing. So when I first met her, she was like super manic and, and we were having like a really good time and doing all this crazy shit. And I was like, man, this is really fun. And then as winter approached, like things kind of started changing and I was like, wow, I don't get it. And then she like explained it to me. I was like, oh, and at the time our relationship wasn't going super well anyway. So like we broke up, but it wasn't just because it was because of a handful of fucking different things. But like, I get it because when because there's moments where it does seem like it's like the best thing ever like you kind of get caught up in that hype with them and then like as time goes on you start to realize that it's just it's it's not good and she she needed ways to like take care of herself better and because of a lot of things going on in her life she wasn't she didn't like have a good friend network she didn't have her family wasn't like there with her she lied to her family didn't even know she lived and like they lived close to each other but like we'd go over there for Thanksgiving and shit so there's like a lot of issues and I I don't know now. I assume she's got her shit together now. Probably. Most people tend to get their shit together over time. Uh, but like watching that season, I was feeling it. I was like, damn, like he's and like Isak's asking her, his friends or Evan's friends, like, you know, what's going on? And he's only getting information from like the wrong source, which is uh, Sonia. But like, I, like I felt that shit. Like it just, it, 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 it was a lot to understand from the outside. 
looking in. And it, it would be nice if we got a more of like Evan's perspective of the looking in. And I do think too that any other show would have draw the, drawn this shit out over like two seasons would have been like, and then be like, oh man, for two whole seasons, yeah. turns out he was a bipolar. Like, but like wow. the way they they like kind of cap this shit and they wrap it up and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't dramatize it. And yeah. it's like that's kind of the way I think we should be talking about shit like mm-hmm. this. You would think that it's too much to talk about gay issues and mental health issues in the same season, but they did it. Yeah. Well, guys, um, there is going to be a large possibility of a scam season four podcast. It would have made sense to do each season, I know. But do we have uh, anyone in the Discord for questions or no? No, we do not. No one wants to talk Come in the Discord. On. Everybody, please um, use the link in the chat. Um, go to Discord to the uh, queue. You know what? That's it's a, a voice n- chat. Nahid question. You should ask them. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's somebody's asking something on the chat. Oh, uh, no. Go to our Discord. Go to queue, please. Um, to talk to us and also if you don't decide to talk to us you can just uh, meet some uh, really cool people and become a part of the community well we actually have to wrap up we're reaching our uh, mark here so guys we've uh, next time i'm I'm gonna make sure i get everybody in the discord uh also we did have a lot of cool shout outs from a lot of different countries a lot of different people are really feeling this which is exciting it's good that we're watching like a cool international show like this since we're such a huge international family here at the normies (gasps) this is sarah Hi. She's hanging out and checking out some of the scam stuff. This is oh. Search. Hey. This is Marquetta. We did not mention that Sarah is going to be watching season four with us. Oh. About, about oh, four yeah. episodes in. About yes. like four, yeah. four-ish episodes. So if you want to see more of this motherfucker right here, should be should be hopping on. Oh. With that being said, I'm going to hit the <laughs> button now. Oh, my God. The podcast is over now. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of deep conversations. And if I'm being real, guys, hop down in the Discord. You might be able to talk with some people that are able to bring you a little bit closer to your own personal center. <sighs> or your own personal center. <laughs> with that being said, guys, we'll see Bye. you at the next one. Bye. <laughs> All right, no one say anything inappropriate until I hit stop. Ass. Oh, Do no. Ass. <laughs>